0: Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. I want to tell you about what happened yesterday evening. We had a baptism. Yay! And Manny and Olga, where are you? Manny and Olga, they usually sit over here somewhere. Okay, back over there. Stand up. Wave your hands. So these guys are small group leaders. They live in Bradford, Ontario. So any of you that live north of the city and need to be in a group or need to be in a group with Portuguese food, you could live anywhere in the GTA, but if you need Portuguese food, that's the group for you. And their small group had a baptism last night. And so that's on the left is Rob. He, Rob McIntosh, he oversees all of our small groups. So he was there. And then there's Manny. And then the couple beside are their neighbors that they led to to Jesus earlier this year and uh, have started coming to this church. A handsome guy in the middle. Uh, That would be me if you're wondering. Uh, Then the next one is, uh, I think it's your niece. Is that right? Yep, niece. And then your son's girlfriend, and she's here right now. And then your youngest son, Tiago's here. And then uh, Victoria is a family friend. And so we had a lot of fun. And a couple more photos. We had uh, this is Victoria. She's like sixteen, amazing girl, and just destiny written all over her life. So that was really good. And then uh, we baptized everybody. This is Tiago, and um, one of the guys that was at your at your house I'd never met before. He's from Mali, Africa, and so I I don't know where he is in his spiritual life, but just started connecting with him. I I gravitate towards Africans because that's where I grew up, and. Um, At at the end of the baptism, he came up to me and he goes, those people were having God encounters, weren't they? Because people were, a couple of them were crying as they came out of the water. And I said, yes. And he goes, I've never seen anyone have a God encounter before. And it was just, it was really, really good. So Manny and Olga have said that if you would like to be baptized or you know of someone who likes to be baptized, we're not, as of now, allowed to use this baptismal tank here. Not allowed to have in public gatherings like this. But... We can have outdoor baptisms, we're allowed to do that. So if you'd like to be baptized, Olga told me yesterday, anyone can come, use their pool. Are you gonna do a meal for them as well, Olga? Yes, yes. So just to let you know, talk to me or talk to them. Maybe Manny and Olga, how about you guys stand by the TV at the end of the meeting so people can meet you? And uh, perfect, great. Judges chapter six, if you have your Bible, we're gonna talk about being an overcomer today. And specifically, we're going to talk about you have to get to the place to believe what God says about you. If you don't believe what God says about you, it's going to be difficult to be an overcomer. So we're talking about identity today. There's a very scary verse, friends, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs. It says this, as you think, so you are. If you think that you can't, you can't. If you think that you can You're already positioning yourself for the Spirit of God to use you. When I was a little kid, I was not a good reader. I think I told you that before. I wasn't very good at spelling. And every day in the summer, before I could go out and play with my friends, my mom had me rewrite a book. So a children's book like Cat in the Hat or something like that. And I had to write it out, and I had to... Uh, So I had to write it out and then read it to my mom before I could go out and play every day in the summer. It was just bad. I didn't like doing it at all. And I'd have scribble handwriting, and and I would say, Mom, I can't do this. And she would go, do you remember that little train that tried to go up the hill and didn't think he could go up the hill? And the mummy train said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Do you remember that train? I hated that train. Uh, But my mom instilled in me that... I needed to have a positive attitude, and if I had a positive attitude, then I was, I was going to be able to do things. And so that's really what the Bible's saying. So Judges chapter 6 is a story about a guy named Gideon, and he's going to become one of the judges of Israel. So before there were kings, and after people like Moses and Joshua, who were sort of God-appointed leaders, there's a big vacuum, and it, sadly, Israel is a nation... Uh, Turned away from God, everyone turned away from God, and God would rise up or raise up someone, men and women, that are talked about as judges, and they would, for a season, hear God, believe God, step out, bring some victory, bring some reformation, and these people were called judges. And so Gideon is one of these people. So here's what it says. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abzerite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, we're going to find out at the end that Gideon does not know that this is an angel. He thinks he's just talking to someone. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, the angel said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's Gideon's response. Pardon me, my Lord? Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. This is the second time that he says, Really? (laughs) Excuse me? Gideon replied, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, so there's 12 different tribes, Manasseh is one of them, and I'm the least of my family. I'm the youngest in my clan, and my clan is the least effective, the least known, the least powerful of all the clans. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, if now I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. So he's beginning to think this person may be a prophet, maybe God speaking through this person. Verse 18, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. And so Gideon went inside, he prepared a young goat, and uh, from an ephrath of flour he made a bread, sorry, he made bread without yeast. And putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to the angel under the oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. And then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock. So from the rock came fire up, not down, up. Consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was an angel of the Lord, he explained Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He's thinking he's going to die. And the Lord said to him, Shalom, peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. And so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day, it stands there in Ophrah of the Abizites. It's an amazing story, friends, and it's sort of the epitome of what we'd like to talk about today is that God sees us often very different than we see ourselves. We see ourselves based on circumstances, events, how we fit into our family, how we fit into the economy, am I employed, am I not employed, how we see uh, just how life is unfolding, and friends, that's not necessarily how God sees us. And if we're going to rise up and become the people that God has for us in your workplace, on your street, in, in our nation, in, in whatever context you feel that God's called you to be in, in any of the seven mountains, and if you're not sure about that term, every one of the, the influence areas in our society, education, family, politics, business, all those different kind of mountains, God wants his people to take their place and become influencers. How did God identify Gideon? The angel, the first words to Gideon... It says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Uh Uh-huh. The angel sees him as a warrior. Well, it turns out that he's in a wine press. And a wine press, this particular wine press, it would look like it was a hidden wine press. It's like in a cave. He's hiding. The Midianites, which is a foreign nation, have overrun Israel. They're, They're raiding constantly. So whenever there's a harvest, the Midianites come in, they steal all the, all the grain, they take all the, all the olive oil, all those different kind of things. So here's a guy who's hiding, and an angel says to him, mighty warrior. That's a good greeting, isn't it? And you remember his response is, no, <laughs> pardon me, and he feels that he's been abandoned. That's his phrase. The Lord has abandoned me and us. Well, that's a big difference between what he thinks and what God thinks. Who's right? God is, all the time. So he's looking at the circumstances and saying God's not with us, God's not helping us, God's not here. God used to be here way, way back for the generations before, but right now God's not with us. And God began the conversation, though, by saying you're a mighty warrior. And friends, can I I suggest to you that God sees what he can become even when he doesn't see that about his presence. And that's the unique thing, friends, about God, is that God will begin to speak to us about things that we should be doing or should be uh, changing in our character. God sees the end, and because he's God, he knows what the end is. He knows the possibility. If we say yes, 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 yes to God, we're going to get to the place that God has already Equipped us and planned for us to, to get to. It's an amazing, amazing deal. A little oak, um, what do you call it? Acorn from an oak tree. That little thing is one little seed. If it goes in the ground and time takes over and it becomes a tree, how many acorns are going to be in that oak tree? Thousands. Year after year, after year. And so the potential is already in that one seed for an incredible harvest. And that's how it is, friends, with God, is that he looks in you and he sees what he knows that he put in you. And so God begins to call those things out. God begins to put that in our spirit of, well, maybe it's not that I've been abandoned. Maybe life's not all against me. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's with me. And the answer is, uh uh-huh, yes, he is. How did God see Gideon? As strong and as sent. So I want you to look at the phrasing in this. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. Not going to get. God's already put stuff in him that's just waiting to get out. Strength that is waiting to get out. God's put stuff in you and me. It's waiting to get out. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel at a Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And it's like God is saying, "My strength's with you, and you're under my authority. If you say yes, you're under my covering." And as Gideon's pondering this, his response is, "I, I, no, no, no. I don't think so." And so his response back is another, pardon me, Lord, getting replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. We, we don't have a lot of money, our, our family. We're the poor family. We're the family that's always unemployed. We're the family that just has uh, so many addictions and family problems and issues that we just sort of never amount to anything. Not only that, but in my family, I'm the youngest. I'm the least. I'm a nobody. So God says, I put strength in you and I'm sending you, and Gideon's response, like, like me many, many times is, uh, I think you got the wrong person. Do you remember when God spoke to Moses at the, the burning bush? Five times Moses said, you got the wrong person. No, can't do it, send someone else, I'm not good at talking, and his last one was, please, I just don't want to do this. He was 80, but his destiny since he was born was to be the deliverer of the people of Israel since he was born. You remember that his mother hides him in a basket in the Nile River and Pharaoh's daughter, the king's daughter, Pharaoh would be the superpower. He would be Trump and Putin and uh, the Chinese president put all into one. The world's superpower was Egypt. And the daughter sees this little baby in a basket and prophesies over him, and says, your name is Moses, which means drawn out. I'm going to take you out of the water. And it turned out that that was his destiny, is to take Israel out of Egypt. Do you know that his name is not, his Jewish name is not even recorded. It's irrelevant, because the word over his life was deliverer, was the guy who's drawn out. Did he, did he believe that when he's 80, when he's a shepherd? And given up on life? <laughs> no. And when God speaks to him, speaks to him audibly from a bush that's not, not burning up, how do you say no? But he said no five times. That tells me he'd given up. And friends, our hearts become really hurt, really callous, and it's very possible for us to think, well, I just can't, I just can't. And we have all these different excuses why well, we can't. Meanwhile, God's saying, it's already in you. You're already an oak tree. You look like, you, you think that you're an acorn, but you're an oak tree. And I've, I've put stuff in you to give away. Put stuff in you to give away. It's just an amazing thing, friends. When we begin to believe what God says, all of a sudden, the plans of God begin to unravel. And things just begin to open up, and that's called favor. That's, that's called being sent. If God sends you, his favor's on your life. God's, God's will, God's bill, means that God's going to look after the circumstances. God's going to pay for the stuff that God wants to, to be done. It's just the way God is, friends. He's thinking big, and he's looking at your life and my life and going, overcomer, overcomer, overcomer. And we're going, oh, maybe, could be, should be, would be. <laughs> and we have to learn to change if we're gonna make a difference, friends, and we're called to make a difference. This church is called to make a difference. Uh, Lillian was referring to our School of Ministry. The, the Take Back 2020 Challenge is a little bit of a teaser for what it would be like if you wanted to join our School of Ministry and take uh, one course a week. And there's, um, anyways, they're gonna to talk to you about in the, about that in the Take Back 2020. and. As you know, with COVID, we have so many restrictions, and one of the things is the next school is allowed to be a residential school, but a maximum of 50 students, and they all have to be Canadians. So there's like 30 already registered, which is really, really good. But normally, 75% of our students are international. And so Gordon and Kathy, who lead the school, they're trying to figure out, what do we do? And the Lord dropped this idea on them. Well, why don't you have hubs? Why don't you contact some of the other Catch the Fire churches around the world? Why don't you just see who's had it on their heart to lead something in a nation? And so Daniel, who was standing right here playing the violin, he's getting married in December, I think it is, to an Israeli girl uh, that's been in the school this last year that they met. And he and his wife-to-be are going to be leading a group in Egypt, and they already have 40 students registered for our school of ministry in a hub in Egypt. Amazing. And some of you know Faustin, um, Josh who was playing the drums today, his dad and mom pastor our church, lead our church in Mississauga, Faustin, and Marina Fernando. And they're going to be doing a hub in India. We're going to be doing one in Manchester, England, and London, England, and Sydney, Australia, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, how do we do those things? Well, we get a God idea, and we're going, well, I can't, can't, can't. God's going, sorry, did I just not say you could? And that's our challenge, friends, is somehow our stuff has to Dissolve away so that we can believe what God says. A couple more things real quick. What was God's promise to Gideon? I'll be with you. What's God's promise to you? Well, the New Testament begins, Matthew chapter 1. There's going to be a baby being born. One of his names is going to be Emmanuel, which means, tell me what it means, God with us. The last chapter, almost the last word of Matthew chapter 28 Jesus ascends to heaven, and he says, I'm with you always. The beginning and the end of the first book of our Bible, our New Testament, is God's with us. It's like, okay, I get it. First big statement, last big statement, God is with us. Correct? So that's what God says to to Gideon, I'm with you. And what does Gideon say? Um, Excuse me, but can I have a sign? could you do some sort of magic trick just to help me one last, can you, can you give me one last piece of confidence? And so that's what happens, and the angel says, you know, we'll do that, and doesn't say what the sign's gonna be. Gideon goes and prepares a meal for this person, which is part of the culture. When people prophesied over you, you gave them a gift, you gave them money, you gave them food, and so he gets a, a meal for this person, and poof, the food disappears, the angel disappears, and he goes, Oh my goodness, I'm a dead man. And he had his sign. And the Lord then speaks to him in a in his thoughts, I would imagine. It doesn't say how, how it was, because the angel's God. So now God speaking into a spirit gives him a thought. You need to today go into your town, and that Asherah pole, that if you can't have a baby, you go and give a sacrifice at that pole. That's a fertility pole. You need to cut it down. Those altars over there for Baal, Philistine's God, you need to tear down those bricks, demolish that thing, just desecrate it. And you need to build a new altar, and you need to take your dad's last ox and slaughter it and have a sacrifice. And when people wake up in the morning, they're going to smell Brazilian barbecue beef. And he does it. He does it. Why? In one conversation with God, he's convinced, I could be who God says I could be. I could do this. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to give it a try. And that's what he does, friends. You can read the rest of the chapter. So what do you need from the Lord today, friends, to begin to believe that God has good things in store for you? And some of you, you already know what these things are. You already have had prophetic words that you're going to write a book or you're going to travel or that you're going to start a small group, or that you're going to be an influence in your workplace, or you're going to start a charity, or whatever those things are, big things, small things, it doesn't matter. If God's already spoken things, he sent you. He's called you. He's positioned you. And in the scriptures, three simple things. Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside you? Yes or no? How many say yes? Yep. Why did I wave my hand and have you say yes? That was sort of redundant. If you have the Spirit of God inside you, friends, you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had in him. Are you aware of that? Do you know that the Holy Spirit inside you doesn't need to take any seminars on how to heal the sick? The Holy Spirit in you does not need to take a course in how to be a prophet. The Spirit of God in you already knows how to do all of those things and far more. Agreed? <laughs> so now the secret is listening, hearing God's voice. And that's one of the talks that you're going to get in the Take Back 2020 Challenge. I think it's talk number two that you're going to get, is when God begins to speak to you, and God speaks to you through visions and dreams, you see things, you hear things, you know things, Your spirit, the Spirit of God in you just knows things. And friends, when those things, when you begin to hear God now, he gives you directional words. I said this two weeks ago when I was preaching. In the Gospel of John, Jesus seven times says, I can't do miracles by myself. I can't heal the sick by myself. I can't multiply food. I can't walk on water by myself. I can't do any of that supernatural sign stuff. I can't do the God stuff by myself. Except... How about you say the word, Accept. if God speaks it, God shows it to me, or God puts it in my heart that I just know, and so seven times Jesus says, I can only do what I see, I can only do what I hear, I can only do what I know, and <laughs> the spirit of God inside Jesus, because remember, Jesus on planet Earth is living like you and me. He's completely God, but he's not living as God. He's put all of his God powers into storage, he's living like you and me, relying on the spirit of God inside him, his father to speak, and to just know that he knows that he knows that he knows God's with me. God's with me. Bible says he knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going back. Just confident, God's with me. And so when you know that, what are the boundaries, friends? Not a lot of boundaries, I want to tell you one little story, and then we're going to pray for you. Uh, friends, I, I need to get some more stories because I think I've told you this one before. On Friday nights, when, uh, some of the times when Sandra and I are here and we're leading a meeting, our custom is that we don't usually have a meal on a Friday night before coming here for the presence nights. And we just try to have a little statement to God that we're hungry for you rather than for a meal before we come. So one of these particular nights, it's late, and it's almost midnight by the time we're heading home. And Sandra and my son John are with me. My son John's in the bookshop tonight. And um, it's like, can we stop and get, get something? So we're driving along Dundas Street in Mississauga, and we see a subway. It's like maybe five minutes to midnight. The light's still on. We pull in. And as I'm pulling in, Sandra says to me, don't do any of your healing stuff. I'm tired. I just want food and go home. So don't don't waste time in in there. Well, for a guy, a married guy, that's like go get him. Like if Sandra says no, almost always it's go as uh, on those kind of things how I feel. So anyways, I go in and I look back to the car and Sandra's going <laughs> But it's like, but there's, there's a guy here, and who knows? And, and I just said to the, to the young guy who's preparing the food, he put most of the food away because it was like five minutes to midnight. And I said, like, what do you have? And well, I can make a chicken sandwich for you. Perfect. Make three, please. So he's making it. And I said, by the way, do you have any pain in your body? And he goes, yeah. And uh, I said, say this with me. Do you want it to go? Yeah. Say this with me. My healing belongs to me. Because of what Jesus has done, I receive my healing now. He says it. And I said, check check yourself. And I think he had a back problem. And he's going like this. And he goes, how did you do that? That's the response, friends, that I get. I get two things that people say to me when they're healed in a public place is, who are you? And how did you do that? So he says, how do you do that? And this particular time, and I've got, I've got cute answers that I've come up with. But this particular time, I said, I didn't do anything. You did it. And he goes, what do you mean I did it? And I said, well, you invited Jesus to heal you. And he was from Indian culture, and he he became an Indian right away. He goes, I did do that, didn't I? And he was like, he just was proud. He was like, he invited Jesus to heal his body, and it worked. It worked. And friends, when you get these little nudges from God, why don't you talk to that person? Why don't you befriend that person that no one's befriending? One of the things that, I, that um, Manny and I were prophesying over, one of the, the girls that was being baptized yesterday, right in the pool, people were meeting God, it was amazing. And we're prophesying over one girl, just, I felt that she's going to be um, not afraid to stand up to bullies in her, in her high school. And that God had put it in her to be a strong person, strong in character. And so I went to her mom and dad and said, I just want to let you know this is what I was feeling about your daughter. And the, and the mom said, Oh, my goodness, I say that over my daughter every single morning. And it was like, cool. God's speaking to this girl, helping her to know who she is in preparation for the great things that God has for her. I'd like you to stand with me, friends. We're going to do a little thinking through your, um, having a little conversation with God. Remember Gideon, his word was, I'm abandoned, and I'm weak and least I'd like you just to think through if you were to label yourself with a negative label and one word. Just close your eyes and say, Holy Spirit, on a bad day, how do I think of myself? One word. When you get your word, just put your hand up. I'm not going to have you say it to anybody. I just sort of want to know when I need to move on. When you got your one word, just go, yeah, I feel betrayed, I struggle with rejection, I'm thinking that I'm useless, whatever those words are. Thank you, friends, you can put your hands down. Now everyone just close your eyes and say, Jesus, give me one word of how you see me. One word. How do you see me? The Lord's first word to Gideon was warrior. Warrior. look at me. How many of you had God give you a word? Hands up. God gave you a word. Okay, a whole bunch of you. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you had a word that was negative from Jesus? He spoke. Yeah, you're trash. Yeah, I agree. You're trash. Anyone have a negative word from Jesus? No. How many had a positive word? Yep, all the hands are up. What's right, your opinion or God's opinion? Our thoughts are God's thoughts. We, we think contaminated thoughts. Satan gets in, our family, our friends, our culture gets in, but God's words are just so much bigger. And when he says you can, you can. When he says go, go. Just close your eyes one more time with me right now. How about you pray a little prayer that goes something like this? Jesus, help me when I'm thinking that I can't. Clean those negative thoughts. Erase them from my my thinking. Help me to have your thoughts. Help me to believe your thoughts. And if you dare to say this, I choose to say yes to being an overcomer, to doing the God things, doing the God stuff. And Friends, the truth is you have the same Holy Spirit inside you, you have God with you always, and your Father in Heaven is always communicating to you. That's called living in the Spirit. It's a simple and profound, amazing gift from God. So Holy Spirit, bless every person that's watching right now, every person in this room, that this would be our attitude, this would be our lifestyle, this would be our calling, our destiny, is that we know who we are, we're overcomers yeah the circumstances may look bleak at times but our God never looks bleak our God's smiling when he thinks of us he's for us, he's not against us Jesus himself prophesied over you and said you'll do greater things than me that's not Jesus just making it up that's the spirit of God inside Jesus prophesying to you and to me. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, the Bible says. Not even demons. Daddy, thank you that you're always with us. Thank you that you speak to us over and over all different ways. And thank you that the Spirit of God, the power of God to do incredible exploits lives inside of me, lives inside of me. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.